welcome you on into another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. It's Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Valley here to give you the latest of what's going on in the sporting world. Mitch, it's good to have you back this, this week. Good to be back in a little different time we're recording, too. We get to recap all the high school football playoff games, World Series, and preview football the day it's happening for the Buckeyes and the day before for the yeah, we don't typically do uh, Saturday shoots, but we have one today, and we're getting you guys your fill of the latest of what's going on in sports. I mean, before we go into that, obviously, you can check us out here on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify, and BigTimeSportsOhio.com. We got a bunch of stuff going on there, and of course, our Facebook and Twitter pages, everywhere you can find Big Time Sports or me or Mitch. So we want to start off by the game we were at last night. We were over in Hartville. I always get uh, Uniontown and Hartville kind of mixed up, but we were in Hartville last night for the opening round matchup between Lake and uh, I'm blanking on the other team here, Perry, excuse me, uh, a game in which it seemed as if that the start was going to be a surprising one because these two teams already played earlier in the season, Mitch. Lake defeated Perry in kind of convincing fashion just two weeks ago, but obviously with playoffs, things can change. And with this start of the game, it looked as if Hoover might have an upper hand, but then eventually things started to unravel. There was a couple of big turnovers and the blue streaks did what they had to do to pull off not only an in-conference win, but a postseason win to get to the next round. Yeah. I mean, listen, Perry got the ball first last night, Mitch. They went uh, 10 or 12 plays, 80 yards scoring the opening drive. And let's be honest here. It was not typical Perry off or Perry offensive fashion. There were some pass plays. This is a team, Mitch, that we are accustomed to. And obviously credit goes to uh, former head coach uh, Keith Wakefield, now uh, Zach Slates there, who's you know trying to remain the same at Perry in terms of the offensive style they, they go with, which is the wing tee. But they threw the ball around last night. I think it may have caught Lake off guard at the start. At the same time, Perry came out knowing, hey, we have nothing. Else. This is a team we're familiar with. And this is a team that embarrassed us just two weeks ago. They took that probably to heart a little bit. And they came out, they threw the first punch. Lake fought back, but not before Perry had an interception at the goal line. I mean, it looked for the most part, Mitch, like Perry had a game plan. They knew what they wanted to do offensively and defensively, and it helped them in that first half. Then the second half started, and Lake figured it out. There's articles everywhere, obviously, and the Canton rep, Josh Weir, was there last night. And and the, the lead article is, in quotes, it's time to go, man. And head coach Dan DeGeorge at halftime last night said they challenged their guys in the halftime locker room because, Mitch, this is a team that had a very bad loss. And it's no slight at green the week before, but in terms of what Lake had done this season and then Lake having negative one total yards of offense at halftime just a week ago at green, they were asleep for six quarters. That four-quarter game at green in the first half against Perry, and they woke up in the second half, and, Mitch, they really made it not close whatsoever. And it's because of one player, Nate Baker. He was our eye cryo player of the game last night on the big time sports game of the week, 201 yards rushing and three touchdowns. The fascinating part here, Mitch, and I don't think people remember, and it's okay if they don't, because it's a new year of high school football. This is somebody that was a wide receiver last year for Lake. And now he is their lead running back. And he is a damn good one. He has been able to keep Lake in so many games this year. You look at him, you think, okay, he's not a big bruising running back, but man, oh man, can he take hits and bounce off defenders and keep going and keep those legs churning? Nate Baker in the second half last night was monumental in Lake getting back to the ways in which they played. 
even though Perry opened up the game throwing the ball a little bit, we know it's not a team equipped to throw the ball a lot. So being down seven is one thing. But as soon as it was 28 to seven, Mitch, it was a whole nother ball game. You really sense that, okay, Perry is going to have to play perfect rest of the game. But at that point, it was already the fourth quarter. So it was a very good win for Lake. They will now host uh, Sunbury Big Walnut, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week in the next round's playoffs and uh, the defense woke up too, Mitch, the defense said for all season long, I, I had been telling you, I've told others and I've said on the podcast, I thought lakes had the best defense all around. Found something in that film they watched, but then at halftime, whatever that message was from coach to George, besides just it's time to go, man, it resonated with those players. And this is a team, Mitch, although they lost a lot of players from last year's squad. This is a team that went deep in the playoffs last year, and they returned some key starters, especially a lot of them on the defensive side. So getting that first win out of the way, and call me crazy, it might be one of the tougher ones because it's a familiar opponent, a federal league opponent. I really like what Lake showed us last night because they showed you there is there is flaws, but they showed you, hey, when we turn it on, we can play the style we want to play. They're going to be a hard out in the playoffs. Baker had 201 rushing yards, uh, two of his three touchdowns in the second half. The one on a 25 or no, 50 some yarder, I believe, was the one that really iced the game for uh, Lake, especially after Perry had gone down and gotten a touchdown to make it a one score game at 21 to 14. Uh, you mentioned some of the flaws in that game. The quarterback play was not great for Lake. I mean, Kale Jarvis and Noah Kabaski both combined for six of 19 passing for 89 yards. But Kabaski had a 12-yard touchdown run, uh, I believe, just after halftime in Lake's first drive to give the Blue Streaks the yes. lead for good. Um, Austin Maddox left the game with an injury briefly during the second quarter, but came back for Perry. He was 10 of 15 for 138 yards. Um, the, the top player for Perry that the Panthers that night was Christian Ivanic, who had uh, a big, I think the first touchdown of the game. He also had leads in receiving yards, 100 and rushing yards, 50 while tying Van Reardon for the team lead in total tackles eight. So Lake will move on to face, as you mentioned, the, the golden Eagles, they upset fifth seed Columbus Northland last night. 43 to 14, which is a very interesting matchup, like for a five versus 12 game. Very interesting result that I'm sure is going to uh, lead to a test for the Blue Streaks. Uh, before we get into the rest of the Stark matchups, we also had last night's game over in Sugar Creek on Big Time Sports, where it's about it's it's about what I expected. Garraway top the top seed in the Region 23 playoffs, opening with a 45 to seven win over Rock Hill on Friday night. I, they had to come over from Ironton traveled about three and a half hours to the Amish country and they got a helping of running back Dylan Sunlin, who had three touchdowns like Baker on the game, uh, 103 rushing yards and just nine carries. So it wasn't like he was just running crazy all over the field. He also surpassed 1000 rushing yards for this season. Uh, while Jensen Garber broke a couple of marks last night for the pirates, he had his 100th reception of the year. His he surpassed 1000 receiving yards on the season and he tied a school single season record with his 14th touchdown catch one of two thrown to Bra- by Brady Geibel for Garraway. Ethan Kimball also had a pick six uh, in the third quarter. The Pirates were well up by then. They will play number nine East Knox this coming Friday in Sugar Creek after the Bulldogs beat number eight Martins Ferry 35 to 17 on Friday night. Now going back over to Stark County, a number of good matchups in there. Most of the local teams coming out with victories, but a couple of teams here also uh, having the ball dropped. I mean, unfortunately for you, your alma mater, Jackson, suffering the brunt of uh, that unfortunate injury to Lucas Eckerman last week, uh, having a tough go in their first round game. 
Yeah, look, in the playoffs, Mitch, it's always going to be hard. But when you're down your starting quarterback who had led you for the first nine weeks and then the first half in your week 10 game, him going down, never going to be easy, especially going on the road to take on a team like Berea Midpark. And, Berea, and Jackson had that lead early, but they just couldn't hang on. Berea Midpark 41, Jackson 26, the final score there. Uh, quarterback Danny Bowser had four touchdowns for the Titans of Berea Midpark, and that was really all it all they needed. It, it was Jackson was up against a lot there. I mean, you never want to see somebody get hurt. You never want to see your starting quarterback go down, but for it to be now when it happens, I mean, that just leaves you absolutely zero room for error to where if it happens mid season, that quarterback gets some work, maybe gets a little more comfortable. It, it was a tough situation, but outside of that, Mitch, only two federal league schools lost last night. It was Jackson. And then obviously one was going to lose between Perry and Lake. Right. And it was Perry losing. So five of the seven teams in the federal league last night, winning and advancing McKinley had a very impressive win over Strongsville uh, last night. What was it? The final there you had a 37 to 13 uh, Keith Quincy big time plays last night, a 68 yard touchdown on a catch uh, from Keaton Rowe, And then a 62 yard touchdown interception in the third quarter that blew McKinley's lead up to 29 to seven. That was about all she wrote there. Uh, you look at Hoover. They were up 20 to seven with two minutes to go in the first quarter. Yeah. And all of a sudden they were losing the fourth quarter. They ended up kicking a walk-off game winning field goal to advance but then green handle business last night, which means now I can officially promise you there will be at least one federal league school into the next round of the playoffs after next weekend, because now Hoover will travel to green next week in a federal league showdown in the second round of the Ohio high school uh, football playoffs, which Mitch, that's going to be a blast green lost against McKinley earlier this year. We know who, what Hoover has in Carson Durland. Like this could be a very entertaining matchup. Glen Oak got off to a slow start. They were down seven, nothing. They come back and they win last night. Strong showing for the Eagles. Uh, one of the Burt brothers who was fighting through illness really performed and showed them like, Hey, I'm not hundred percent, but I'm going to give you everything I have. And I think that's a big time message from uh, a player at this level. And also, I, I also think we just got to give head coach Scott Garcia a ton of credit. This is a sure. team that with how their season started, I think they won week one. They lost the next, uh, well, we know they lost week two against Maslin. And they dropped a couple, but Mitch, this is a team that rattled off a number of wins, being able to host a first round playoff game. They go six and four in the regular season. Now they win their first round playoff game. And it Glen Oak, I think has been very undercovered in a certain sense because they've had a very, very good season so far. And here they are moving on to the next round of the playoffs and, and they undoubtedly deserve some credit. Uh, Maslin wasn't really a game 41 to six over central crossing last night. Uh, Green, I mentioned they they won 44 to 14 over Columbus St. Charles in Division Two, Region Seven. Uh, Hoover beat Columbus to Sales 23 21 that walk-off field goal last night. Alliance, another team, they got blitzed very quick. Maybe crossing your area. Sandy Valley with a very impressive win last night over Cortland uh, Lakeview. And then also still undefeated. They won again last night, 35 to seven, I believe was the final score. 11 and 0. These Wildcats, Mitch, I don't want to be in the way of them right now with how they're playing and Poochie Snyder at quarterback. The Canton South Wildcats are looking like a tough out in the playoffs. And uh, I would not be, I would not want to be a team that matches up against them. That's for sure.
I believe that was their second consecutive win over Northwest because they beat them in week 10 as well. And then they match up in the playoffs. That's it. It sometimes happens, but yeah, Paul Koskovich, by the way, made that field goal for the Vikings as they moved on against uh, a DeSales team that was featured, that was led by freshman quarterback, RJ day, the son of Ohio state football head coach, Ryan day, who we may talk about later on. Uh, But yeah, you mentioned mentioned that the team that Lake plays next week, Sunbury, big Walnut. Cade Stover, Ohio State tight end's younger brother, is on that team. So he there you go. will be in Uniontown next week. It's all connected. We mentioned some of the other games there because some of the EBC teams losing as well. Uh, Aurora got or handled business against Alliance, I think you mentioned, 41 to 7. Uh, Carrollton also dropped the ball in their game, 42 uh, 0 against Steubenville. You mentioned, I think, uh, South Range, the defending state champions, uh, started off their returning run against Fairless of the 15th seed, 43. 220. So that's most of the start games there as well. We mentioned a couple other matchups here uh, in Tuscarawas County. You mentioned Sandy Valley. They were tied at 21 at one point against Lakeview. It was a high scoring game early on. And then Sandy Valley broke through for a couple of big touchdowns. They were able to win their first round matchup. Newcomerstown had a, a big uh, win over Grandview Heights, 17 to 14. So the Trojans get a playoff win and they'll move on. Uh, we also had Indian Valley knocking off Logan Elm. Both are the Braves, but Indian Valley won 48 to 14. Fort Fry ended Tusky Valley season 35 to 21, while Malvern got a 35 to 20 win over Southern Local. And then West Holmes just this score 70 to 50 over Bryan, which is unbelievable, even for a high scoring offense like we've seen from West Holmes. But two of our top, two of our most well known teams in the area both fell last night. Dover lost to Kenston 34 to seven and the Quakers got boat raced by Ursuline 42 to seven. I wondered if the Quaker defense keep them in there, but alas, the Quakers were the last seed to get in last week in their respective division and the fighting Irish just brought it to them offensively. So, you know, a couple teams still remaining from Tuscarawas County, but you know, Garraway is going to be the team that everyone's going to be reckoning with, especially with the way that they started off here in the playoffs having these two back-to-back unbeaten seasons. It's going to be interesting to see where the Pirates go from here. Uh, some other tournament stuff that I, uh, I caught my eye earlier on was um, stuff regarding other uh, sports here in the area. I saw that Central Volleyball won their second straight district title uh, this past uh, week in Division Four. Uh, they had a victory uh, over Wellsville in three sets. So the Crusaders will face McDonald at the regional semifinals this coming November 2nd at Strongsville High School this coming week. So look out for that. Uh, a number of games here. We saw a couple of teams in the area lose in uh, girls soccer. Jackson felt in the district finals to Walsh Jesuit. Uh, Green lost to Menor in the Division One Northeast 2 district finals. Alliance, though, still alive, beating Kenston 2-0 two, uh, two to zero in the Division Two Northeast 2 district finals. So they'll move on to the regionals. Uh, Jackson knocking off Perry in the district final. So the, the volleyball team still going strong yeah. for, for, for the uh, polar bears. Yeah. And Perry really in that, in that match, Mitch Perry really played Jackson tough. All sets were pretty close. Perry even stealing a set, which is not something Jackson is used to for the most part. Uh, so Perry really held their own and, and made Jackson work for that district championship in the volleyball match uh, so now, though, Jackson does advance once again to the regional round. And so we will see how that plays out. And uh, we'll, we'll also be able to see how some of these other teams from Star County do moving forward in their respective sports. Meanwhile, on the boys side, Hoover uh, beat Kent Roosevelt two to nothing in the Division one Northeast two district semifinals. So the Viking boys remo- uh, remain in the hunt. Uh, a couple other teams here uh, as well, but we'll get to those later on throughout the week. I mean, 
Hey, Star County, it's your friends from the local Board of Mental Health and Addiction Recovery, and we have a challenge for you. We're asking you to create a new habit and check in on someone every day. Nothing fancy, just a simple text, phone call, or note on social media to ask someone how they're doing. You don't have to be a professional, you just have to ask and then listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Text 4HOPE to 741-741 anytime, day or night, or dial 988. Eight. Brought to you by Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level A. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you, the customer, to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Think Ferris. Where you matter. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter, too. All care. All care, all care, where you matter. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Happy Sardiversary with Sarder Rider Anthony. We're celebrating 25 years with our valued riders. And I absolutely enjoy riding the buses. I get to know a few of the drivers, very respectful, very professional just an all-around about good experience. It helps people get to where they're going, disabled, veterans, or people going to work. Thanks to all our riders as we celebrate Sarda 2-5 at Sarda. We'll go on now to, we have a number of things to talk about here. We can talk about the World Series. We can talk about what's happening here in college football. I, I say we start at college football and then go from, from there because we have a long wait until the uh, matchup tonight between Ohio state and Wisconsin, this, this night game, which last week should have been a night game this week. I don't, I think you could have had it not being, it's always for some reason when it's in Wisconsin, we're always playing them at night. I never understand that. I don't get it. I don't know if it's the time difference. I don't know if it's just something about Wisconsin stadium that people love to ha have shoot in prime time, but either way, Ohio state got a big boost after their win last week against Penn state. Prove that defense is still is still solid. They're going to get a couple of guys back this week. I believe Trevion Henderson's expected to play. I believe um, Mike Buka is still questionable. I believe, but he should still be in there as well. And then a couple of guys also in that mix. 
this seems like more so than last week, a game that Ohio State won kind of convincingly that you should win. So why am I feeling and hearing so much about this becoming a trap game, even more so than what last week was? Because it's at night, because it's a primetime matchup, because Ohio State has won here before in our lifetime and lost big-time games where they should have handled business. I still remember the year Terrell Pryor was quarterback, and they went up to Camp Randall, and they did not get out of there safely. I believe we were number one at the time. Lost to Russell Wilson. Um, yep, and that that's a good – it's a tough place to play. I mean, they do the jump around after the third quarter. I still remember that because I thought it was cool when I was younger. And then I remember Ohio state doing it to Wisconsin in Columbus a few years ago and Wisconsin saying how disrespectful it was. Well, if it was disrespectful, then win uh, that game. I mean, not today, please don't win today. I, I think, I think it's because this is a great spot for a letdown game, right? They, they handled their business last week against Penn state. The offense did its job. You had to get the ball into Marvin Harrison's hands, which they did, but the defense Mitch to me is still not getting the credit it deserves. We have been so accustomed over the past number of years between Urban Meyer and Ryan Day as head coach and the quarterbacks we have been lucky to have that we are just always expecting amazing performances, Heisman-like performances, Heisman moments from these quarterbacks, right? Haven't really got it yet this year outside of what I would say the final drive to beat Notre Dame from Kyle McCord. This is a spot after a big time emotional win last week that you could maybe see a letdown coming, but I, the way the defense is playing, I have a hard time thinking that Wisconsin's going to be able to put up enough points tonight to hold Ohio state in check. I would be stunned if they do. I think the only way that this game gets out of hand is if the offense is so bad that the defense for Wisconsin is able to score sometimes or put them in great field position where if they go three and out, they're still in field goal range. We'll have to wait and see. Right. I mean, we're going to be sitting around all day watching other games, probably watching a few teams get upset. Some really good matchups today, like Oregon, Utah at three thirty today. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of time for us to overthink a lot of things where Ohio State could come out tonight and and really steamroll Wisconsin or just get a really close win, which at the end of the day, Mitch, with what Ohio State's done so far, they've had two ranked wins on the road at Notre Dame at home against Penn State. You're going to have another opportunity against a ranked opponent when you play Michigan. Just win. This is not an easy place to play. Yes, style points count, as we know, with college football playoff committee and the rankings and everything. But at the same time, if Ohio State handles their business from here on out, we know they are going to be in the college football playoff. And that is the ultimate goal. I did not know this. That game you mentioned, which Ohio State got taken down in Wisconsin with against Russell Wilson, is the last time Wisconsin has won against Ohio State. They've lost nine straight since then. Uh, so then uh, with this win, if they, Ohio State gets it, then I can breathe a little easier. Next week's not going to be at easier either because I believe it's a road game against Rutgers, who is not – they're not ranked, but they're 6-2 and two right now. They're not bad. By the way, Wisconsin's playing for something right now. We saw them win last week, and with Iowa losing to Minnesota on that unbelievable oh, turn of events, gosh. I mean, they made the right call. They made the right call. It just it, it it's so frustrating to see that happen in that time. And and yeah, just to see what happened with I see Iowa have to have that happen to them again. Anyway, um, but Wisconsin won last week, so they're now leading the Big Ten West. And I'll be honest with you, I'd rather play Iowa in the Big Ten championship than I would Wisconsin again. For yeah. that's just my thing. Um, but Ohio State, if they win those this game, they'll, they'll play Rutgers, they'll kind of have a challenge, and then they'll have back to back. Uh, softy games against Michigan State and Minnesota. 
And then the big one against a team that somehow we have not gotten to talking about. So let's talk about this nonsense. This is so stupid. It's it's stupid for one school. It's not stupid for every other school because this Michigan, this this thing that's been going on with the the cheat. I be careful with the word cheating because I understand this is in a, a, a system of college football in which other teams are likely doing this. Our own team may likely be doing this. We don't know. But to push it so far to the point where this guy, this this Stallions gets caught and in the way they're getting caught and the way the details are coming out right now, it's more so how could you have done this and disgrace college football? It's it's more so how could Michigan do this after talking so much, after, after touting themselves up for years as the school that does it the right way, the school that does it, you know, by the book. They're just as scummy as the other scandal-ridden schools. You're just as as a scumbags as the rest of us. Don't miss me with every single part of your soapbox talk. That's I'm 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 not ha- hanging on anymore. Jim Harbaugh is going to be back in the NFL within two years. I'm calling it right now. I don't know which team he's going to, but that man is not going to be at Michigan for very long. And it may it, it may be because scandal is going to lead to some uh, 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 consequences for the school, but. I think we're towards the end of his tenure here. If, if, unless there's some major turnaround and everyone's like, no, Michigan was actually uh, uh, not doing anything wrong the whole time. Whatever. I think he's going to be back in the NFL next year. I don't know. I, I mean, Mitch, the, the reports that are coming out and it's more day by day. I don't know how they survive this because every day it looks like there's more incriminating evidence out that shows that Michigan was doing this. And look, there very well might be other teams that are doing it too. I'm not, I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm not going to sit here and say they're the only team doing it, but it is a rule that you cannot do what Michigan was doing because not every program in the country is able to do what Michigan was doing. You have to create a level playing field. And this is a way you could do it because some staffs are bigger. Some staffs obviously make more money and revenue. They are able to do this, but you can also still steal signs from watching film, but mm-hmm. sending people two games buckets on each side of the stadium to switch at halftime, to be able to film both sides. Cause you play both teams. And then for Harbaugh after there's pretty solid evidence in the database for Michigan to say that he did not direct and denied directing any staff member to conduct off campus scouting and denying any knowledge of this. Come on, man. Come on. What you think you what you're all you don't know what your coaches are doing? You don't know that your coach do you think your coach is going on a lot of vacations that you're also paying? Something doesn't add up here. And yes, obviously you're going to plead ignorance and you're going to say, no, I didn't do this because you're trying to save your tail now, too. But at the end of the day, my biggest issue with this outside of Michigan has kind of been why did this take so long? Because now the reports are out there that Ohio State tipped off TCU, as did other Big Ten schools last year before the college football playoff semifinal of, hey, Michigan stealing signs. Why why are we waiting till now? Is it because teams didn't want to seem like sore losers and do this? Maybe. But at the same time, it's kind of making sense. When you look back to the games Michigan's lost recently in the past couple of years, TCU beats them 51 to 45 last year. Right. Well, TCU installed dummy signals and Michigan could not figure it out. Now there, there were times they could still figure through it. I mean, there was the article that came out from the Washington post that said there were still times they stopped TCU and they interviewed TCU coaches about it. But when they couldn't get somebody down there to scout Georgia 
two years ago, Mitch, what happened in the college football semifinal against Georgia? I, it, no, it, it didn't. It didn't work out well. No, because they couldn't get down there in time. And now last year they were there against Ohio State and Georgia because they wanted to be able to steal signs for whoever they would play in the national championship. Why did it take so long? I don't know. We probably won't know. But obviously, the more that comes out every day, Mitch, it looks like there are a lot of schools that have the evidence to prove that, hey, Michigan's up to something here. And just what was the final straw? What tipped off a team enough to be able to call the NCAA to now where the FBI is involved too, Mitch? Like, let's, let's this is not yeah. just an NCAA issue. The FBI is involved because there's now reports that Michigan was hacking cloud servers for opponents and getting their play calls from there, which that is illegal. Like, that is 100% illegal. You can't even do that as a person to hack into someone else's server and not get in trouble for that. All this stuff was on databases and hard drives of computers at the University of Michigan for coaches. This, to me, depending how long it's been going on, you have to let the investigation play out. There's a lot of people that say there's not going to be a punishment named in time because the NCA has to do this. And let's remember this. Right. The Big Ten can impose sanctions and bans, whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. They don't have to wait for the NCA. The NCA can do the same thing as well. They don't have to wait for the Big Ten. The college football playoff committee can literally say, oh, you guys are giving them a postseason ban. That's fine. They're still one of the best teams. Come on over to the college football playoff because it's not NCAA sanctioned. Right. There is a way I would have a hard time believing the college football playoff committee would do it because it would kind of say, hey, they're still the best team, even if, even if they are cheating to where they would still take them. If the NCAA came out next week and said, hey, no, we have all this evidence, this, this, this Michigan is done. It's still not out of the possibility, though, Mitch, that they go to the college football playoff this year because it's not an NCAA-sanctioned event. And that's mind-boggling to me. I would think that what the details we have so far, this is and very well could be the biggest cheating scandal we've seen trumping the Astros and the cheating scandal they had. The only thing we have to hope now, unless you're a Michigan fan, of course, is that they don't get the same punishment as the Houston Astros, which was no punishment. And so... I don't think that that can happen because you have the FBI involved because this is sort of a legal matter now too. I think that there will be sanctions, bans, whether they they revoke wins, which cool. Their two wins wouldn't count, but we watched the game. They beat Ohio state two years in a row. I hate the whole revoking wins. Like the, the year trust. Yeah. Especially when those wins can be reinstated later. If the schools are on like really good behavior, like we've seen that with Paterno and I think Trestle and it's so dumb. It's it's this. We watched it happen. We watched the games happen. We know who won and who lost. We watched the Reggie Bush win. The, we we watched Reggie Bush win the Heisman. We we saw it. You know. Nope. They took it away. He never won that Heisman. So if you saw it, erase it for like that. To me, that's so stupid. And if you're going to something get, that's going to hurt. Them. And if you're going to get rid of it, get take it from him. Give it to the guy who would have won it. Give it to the. I don't care. Uh, the NCAA enforcement is going to be tough though because they haven't really been like the NCAA used to be like they used to come down hard on like the like somebody getting a free get, getting $20 from their grandparent or something like that. Now it's like, Oh, Baylor has this uh, uh, sexual assault scandal. And it's like, eh, you know, but uh, Michigan, who knows what's going to happen with them. It's really just more. So the, I think the worst horrible face is, is failing the what's called the head coach responsibility act. It's a policy where in the NCAA says that anything can, that happens within a program 
a football program can be tied to the head coach as supervisor, but it's common knowledge in the industry that Harbaugh is, uh, this is from the Washington post that he's well lawyered and perpetually on the cusp of an NFL return. By the way, this perspective by Stephen Godfrey of the post has so many just, just epic, epic bars against the university of Michigan. And he, and from what it sounds, he might be a Michigan fan. I'm not sure, but some of the things he says about the school, not scathing, but they're just like so well-written that I feel like you have to read them. He even brings up the quote that Harbaugh said, it's hard to beat the cheaters when he's talking to, when he was talking about uh, recruiting in the SEC. And it's like, buddy, buddy, this is not, this is not it. And they're on their bye week. This is not even them going into a game. This, this is like losing the bye week as you like to bring up here from time to time, and which, you know, also yeah. keep in mind that Harbaugh is still under investigation for recruiting violations too. That like let's and so that then that brings up the fact that the NCA accidentally stumble across this while they were investigating Harbaugh for other matters too. Either way, Mitch, these are two big violations that are up against Michigan and uh, Harbaugh right now. It just I don't see a way in which they get out of both these. I don't, and if they do, there better be substantial evidence. And I'm saying that as an Ohio State fan, yes, with my Ohio State hat on, my shirt that says "Real Men Wear Scarlet and Gray." Um, death penalty. For Michigan football or all their sports, actually all their sports, every single part of it. Sports Illustrated, next Sports Illustrated comes out, why the University of Michigan should drop football. I mean, that's, yeah, they, the death penalty will never, not even SMU could pull that off because they brought them, they brought them back eventually. Um, but yeah, that's the most interesting thing going into this week because other than Ohio State, like even Ohio State, like the only top 25 matchup we have is that Pac-12 game, which is essentially fighting for second place. And the, and the only shot that the Pac-12 has left beyond Washington for a college football playoff, whoever wins this, whoever loses this game between Oregon and U- and Utah is out. They're done. Yeah, USC's done. Everyone else is done. Whoever loses this game is done. And then they'll have Washington versus winner of this game in the Pac-12 championship, most likely. Uh, so there's that. And it is now time for another segment of Fuel Move Recover, featuring Dr. Michele Iono, physical therapist and president of Advancing Athletics. Thanks so much for taking the time, Michele. Thanks, Mitch. So for today's topic, I wanted to go into not just the physical toll of injuries to student athletes, but also the potential mental effects of them as well. I mean, we, we kind of talked about this off the air, but what is it about when a an athlete gets injured, but particularly those who are young to where you can see not only the physical effects of it, you know, people have like whether it's a, a, a twisted knee or a broken arm or anything, you know, better or better or worse what do you see as the more mental effects of uh, but those potential injuries? Well, first, you know, uh, let me say that or remind everybody that this is not medical advice and we're having a conversation about uh, some things that can happen, might happen and have happened. Um, if you need resources for, you know, um, mental health services, um, you know, reach out to all the normal people that I say, um, you know, you're either coaches or athletic trainers, you know, or, you know, me, if you don't have any other of those resources, there's a lot of good resources online as well. Um, you know, it's so funny because, uh, I don't know if you've seen, you know, um, Akron children's hospital, they have great TV commercials. Uh, they talk about, um, you know, all they show individual, cases of people having ailments or issues and then 
you know, their services can help them physically get back into it. And then there's one more recently, haven't, I haven't been able to find it online, but it talks about how, you know, sports is only account, uh, only accounts for like 8% of a child's life, but this is where they get their self-esteem and, um, information about teamwork and, and resilience and all these other kind of things. So, um, that should highlight the importance of sports for things other than just like physical skill development and whatnot. And as a part of that, as you were saying, you know, what makes this so difficult is just the fact that, you know, we take this away from athletes, from young people and because of so much of their self-esteem, because of so much of their sense of belonging comes from sports when all of a sudden you don't have that, it's really difficult to kind of get those good feels, so to speak, um, from the thing that you love, the thing that you like, the, your social time and whatnot, um, while you're injured or seeing it as being the same thing uh, when you are injured. And sometimes you do feel isolated. You do feel, you know, like you're not a part of the team. So it can get pretty heavy and really weigh on, um, individuals who go through injuries. And of course, kiddos are mo really susceptible to this stuff because they haven't had an, they haven't been on the planet for long enough to be able to understand that things will pass. Things often get better and that, you know, resources are there to um, kind of age you kind of like thinking about how, you know, relationships that end in high school, college, you know, as a young adult are, really difficult because, you know, you just, you like that person so much and you don't kind of appreciate that people grow apart, or maybe this wasn't the right person for you or whatnot. So, you know, all those things kind of combine how we take, um, uh, you know, to make, you know, a, tr a difficult circumstance, you know, for things overcoming, overcoming things that are like physical, like injuries. When we were going into this discussion, a big uh, Kickstarter of that was this one uh, uh, research publication by uh, mm -hmm. the British Journal of Sports Medicine. It is titled The Psychological Response to Injury in Student Athletes, a narrative review with a focus on mental health, as I pulled up there. Now, one of the conclusions that were made during this study, uh, as I pulled up here towards the end, was uh, that injury is a stressor that has physical as well as psychological responses and that the psychological response to injury is important. And although emotional responses to injury are common, uh, problematic responses can be those that are persistent, worsen, or appear excessive. Now, kind of going back to what we were talking about, kind of going back to what we were talking about, the psychological effects of these sort of injuries. I mean, what have you seen in the past where it's emo where it's emotionally responsive for these kids? Like, where do you see when a student athlete gets injured, when they're recovering from injury, what can that take on them emotionally? Uh, first, that was a great find um, by, you know, by you, Mitch, finding that article. You should have found, um, you know, Mitch doesn't do this kind of stuff for a living. And he was able to get through the whole article. I don't think it was that it it had a lot of. um straightforward language in it. I don't think it was like super technical. So um, I think anybody who uh, is interested in reading this can give you some 
uh, some insight into like how some of these things kind of combine. So whether it's this article, which kind of gives an overview of like what we know or think about, or, you know, using other resources, um, it's important to remember that, you know, you have a stress response in your body to whenever you're injured. And just like any of us, any of the listeners or viewers, like if you guys think about how you can get irritable and, you know, be in somewhat a bad mood when you get stressed, um, that stress response can come from like, you know, being injured, the, the actual physical parts of it, the biological parts of it, and then also the way it makes you feel. Um, these are things that, you know, we want to kind of keep an eye out for our athletes, you know, if the, the first things that typically happen are, you know, changes in sleeping, uh, eating habits, uh, and mood as well. And uh, th this is understandable, like negative emotions are normal. So it's okay to allow, you know, individuals, including kids to kind of process their feelings. Um, the, where things start to become a problem is when kind of like, as you were saying, these things kind of deepen or worsen or become excessive. So, you know, changes in eating, sleeping, and your mood can then become like changes in your eating um, that can be defined as disordered eating. So not that you quite yet have a eating disorder, but that you're making food choices um, because of skewed rationale. So, you know, like you think you're, you're getting fat or you think that like, you know, you got hurt because, um, you don't have, um, uh, because you don't have enough muscle. So then you, you know, stop eating, you know, a well-balanced diet or, um, or maybe, you know, you start overeating and because of the emotional response that might come with it, then this, like, you know, your mood going from being upset that you got hurt or upset that you're missing action. And then you move into just being sad overall, not like, um, not just about your injury, but like about life in and of itself and start to become depressed and that you can't laugh. You can't enjoy the things that are going well in your life that are independent of your participation in sports or whatever. And then the other thing is like lack of motivation. You know, there's there's more things in that article that were um, that we discussed uh, lists a number of things to look out for. But then the last one I wanted to mention was, you know, lack of motivation. So then you don't want to do stuff, and you know you don't want to go out with friends or do your schoolwork or go to practice, participate, go to weightlifting, whatever. And then obviously the like really problematic things is, you know, from you start turning into uh, somebody who's angry or rageful, um, you know, you have emotional outbursts, crying and fear avoidance where, you know, or what we call pain behaviors in that you don't, you start deciding, you know, I don't want to do that because that might hurt. You know, you, you start projecting things that are problems before you actually know that they're problems. And then, of course, the thing that's hard, hard to talk about is substance abuse. So all of a sudden, whether it's becoming reliant on, you know, like Advil or Tylenol or something where, you know, you're not actually addicted to the substance itself, but you're so concerned with the issue that you're just kind of taking this, 
you know, almost like preventatively, um, instead of allowing your body to kind of, um, tell you when it needs help. Uh, and then of course, like, you know, stronger substances as well, whether it's, you know, for pain management or what we call self-medication, you know, like things like alcohol and whatnot. So it's, you know, it's okay to, you know, feel crappy about this, um, you know, almost life-changing thing, even if it's just temporary. Um, it's okay for some of these things for you to be, you know, upset and have trouble sleeping because of it. But then these other things that kind of come along with it, you know, those things should all kind of get better as you start to uh, kind of process, you know, what you're going through. And um, of course you should start then um, uh, rehabbing whatever is wrong. And then like, okay, I, I've got a plan now and like we're, we'll try to move forward. Kind of going back to uh, something you had mentioned earlier in that last answer where, you know, negative emotions are normal pretty uh, practically mm -hmm. because of that. And I've experienced this as well. It can be very difficult to, to process when help is needed, particularly psychologically. I mean, we talk about how it can be kind of difficult for kids to like really know what the problem is to, to, to identify it, to be able to share with somebody. I mean, what are some of the other big factors that might go into the struggle of a, of somebody recognizing, like I need to get my mind right. You can recognize them, you know, in yourself. Again, it's harder for kids because they don't know the difference between a really good mood and a really bad mood sure. um, because they, they haven't had a, you know, just they haven't been alive long enough, but um, you know, the, there's a few different things that we can kind of talk about it here. And um, I think the important thing is when we start to see when, you know, this one thing. So like, you know, you get injured, you can't like, you know, play with your team. Right. But then you start like not wanting to do your homework, not wanting to do the like normal social things that, you know, you always did hang out with friends or, you know, you're, you're kind of uh, despondent and whatnot. So um, when we start to see that um, the actions of, you know, one of these individuals are changing in that way, that's, that's when it's time to like, start to encourage them, uh, as an, a friend or an adult, um, or as a parent to seek out some of these other, or some of these other services to help learning how to deal with this. And the same way that, you know, I, somebody comes to me as a physical therapist, I'm giving you, um, tools and guidance on how to take care of yourself physically, like, you know, don't move your leg like that, you know, or, you know, like your shoulder, like needs to go this way and, you know, instead of this other way. And then, oh, well, let's strengthen those muscles so that it can go that the better way more easily. And it's harder for your body to go the, the bad way you know, we start kind of building and building and building. And then we're also teaching you patterns so that, you know, you don't aggravate the injury or that you um, don't have the injury in the future. We don't think about our minds that same way. Whereas if we were to think of it more as like, hey, these are tools that can kind of help me deal with stuff. It'll be much easier for us to kind of process and understand what you're feeling, recognize what you're feeling. Oh, okay. I'm 
experiencing this thing. I, I've learned how to, you know, my, my counselor, my mental health therapist has given me the tools to be able to understand um, and then in, address these really strong emotions I have, because then you have these strong emotions about what you're going through. And then that starts to influence your actions. And that's where things become problematic. Um, and so why don't we get more help? Well, it, it seems that, um, that stigma is the most important thing, which has been backed up by some research. They've looked at like, um, some elite athletes like young adults, and they've, you know, listed off a whole bunch of characteristics and like, Hey, what thing, you know, why wouldn't you seek, or why don't you seek services, you know, when you need them and stigma was shown to be the, the biggest thing along with a lack of mental health literacy. So that's kind of like what I just got done explaining like, Oh, like, you know, there's a stigma that, you know, this is for crazy people you know, or that you're broken mentally and normal people shouldn't have to do this. And really that's not true. It's that some people figure out these tools on their own, but it's kind of like how, you know, the, you know, I've talked about before how physical therapists, we want us to be viewed as dentists in that, you know, you love going to the dentist and getting a clean bill of health from them. You love paying them to tell them you're doing great. Um, but we don't think about physical therapy like that. And we certainly don't think of mental health therapy where we're kind of checking in and just making sure, okay, these are the things I'm trying to do. Um, uh, do you think, can you give me some feedback on how effective they are? And then the final thing is, is that, you know, having a negative past experience, you know, like, oh, that doesn't work for me. Or, you know, like people struggle to you know, always understand that, oh, I was just in a bad place or I, it just, I wasn't open to like getting the help. And so, you know, there's all these cultural factors that influence um, why people are open to getting help or open about their issues because of these stigmas or whatnot. And, and um, so uh, in encouraging athletes that um, about the benefits are, is really important as well as, you know, giving them access to the resources themselves. So let's say somebody is able to kind of recognize the issue and wants to get help in this sort of scenario. I mean, what steps should they take and what impact may they see by this sort of help? Well, the, I mean, the biggest thing is learning how to kind of come back and, um, be able to process those really strong emotions. Again, it's like emotion, uh, like feelings aren't facts. And it's important to kind of understand that so that you don't just like create your own reality or, you know, almost like gaslight yourself. You start questioning your own sanity because, you know, it's, you don't know how to deal with this. You think that um, you're special in a bad way. There's something wrong with you. That's why you have these problems. This, the complexity of these issues, you know, kind of combine and cause people to like feel worse or think that things are worse than what they are. So by getting the help that you need, it's, you're able to kind of overcome 
you know, or deal with these really strong emotions rather than these emotions being like, okay, that's it. I'm the, these emotions are telling me like reality instead of saying, no, these are just a part of the process. And, you know, and having all these, um, going through all the, the, the motions, so to speak, regarding, you know, dealing with the injury, dealing with how it affects you mentally, dealing with some of the changes that occur socially, you know, you're maybe not even going to practice now, whatever, maybe your teammates, you know, are judging you, making you feel like, um, you're not being honest about the injury or, Maybe they don't think that, but you think that they think that. Uh, so it's learning how to deal with all of these emotions that can kind of come along with, you know, these um, very real experiences that it's not like you're just making these things up. Like you, you did have an injury and then it is leading to all these things. And then on top of that, as I said before, it's kind of equipping athletes and individuals with the skills to be able to deal with this stuff or maybe smaller versions or maybe even worse versions of this in the future. And, you know, they, they talked about in that article, another study of almost a thousand athletes showing that self-determination, um, theory, autonomy, competence, and relatedness are the most important factors for, you know, having positive outcomes. So essentially it's, like self-determination is like, I can control my own like well-being. Like if I, you know, think happy thoughts, then I will be happy. If I work hard at the recovering from this, then I will get better. I'm not dependent on substances. I'm not dependent on other people, other people like therapists, like somebody like me from the physical side. Like I'm just giving that athlete, that injured athlete, the tools to get better, but I'm not the, I'm not the magic your effort, the injured athlete's effort, the, your attention, you're, you're taking this seriously. That's the magic. That's the importance. You have all the magic that you need within you. You just need somebody to help kind of guide or utilize that magic. Competence is understanding like what to use and when, you know, like, you know, sometimes it's good to ignore people that, you know, that you have conflict with, that you're upset with and whatnot versus other times, uh, that's not the right move. It is better to talk things out. It is better to like get stuff off your chest. So understanding what, you know, when to do what and why that's kind of like the competence of it. And then the relatedness, like this is kind of like, you know, like, um, dealing with this stuff is similar to dealing with something physical. Do you remember that time that you were really nervous or really worried about that test and then you did okay, you know, and so you start kind of combining like, look how this stuff, um, this thing you're going through is not that different from something else that you went through. And so if you apply the same effort, courage, or, you know, whatever to that, to this that you did there, then all of a sudden you'll be able, you, you'll feel more able to, um, uh, get through it, or you'll feel more motivated and incentivized to use the things that helped in those previous situations to get you through these current situations. And then just, you know, kind of tying a bow on this whole discussion, it seems that one of the most powerful things that um, one of these individuals can um, uh, experience is coaches, adults, um, giving them permission to seek out help like telling them it's it's 
you know, it's okay that you're not feeling okay. It's okay that you're struggling with this mentally, even though it's a physical thing. Um, and those that becomes really powerful um, in thinking about, you know, yourself and things that can help. Along with that, I just want to tell one final story is that I, I was talking with a um, a parent about an athlete and the, the discussion was talking about like maybe they need to like seek out mental health and some of the food decisions this person was making. And, you know, we were, we're starting to get concerned. And at first it was like, well, he needs to understand. I kind of said to the parent, he needs to, you know, understand that, you know, if these things aren't changing, then um, he needs to go to therapy. Well, I realized even during the conversation, like th that's a terrible way to put it because essentially that is making therapy punishment, you know, like working on yourself, talking to somebody mentally um, is, you know, like, you know, only for kids that misbehave or whatever, you know, and, and that kind of stigmatizes the whole thing, kind of like what we were just talking about versus if you have a kid that is, you know, like not as fast as they should be, not as strong as they should be, what doesn't jump as high as they should be. Like we don't have any um, uh, hesitation in, you know, people reaching out to somebody like me, you know, to like help them with that. So it's not viewed like that same way. Like, oh, hey, if you don't just jump higher and practice or run faster in the game, then I'm going to send you to, you know, advancing athletics and that'll teach you a lesson. No, it's like you struggle with these things. That's no problem. Everybody struggles with something. Let's get you, you know, in with somebody who uh, can, um, you know, help you with that. And then the athletes start to enjoy the process. If I can create a good environment, it's like, yeah, I'm working on my jumping. I'm working on the thing that I'm not good at my strength, my speed, my whatever. And I'm enjoying working on that. Uh, but we don't view that the same as mental health. And, you know, so just thinking about that, thinking about how you encourage people, um, you know, being open, you know, when appropriate, you know, about your own struggles can kind of normalize it so that um, we stop thinking about this being like a sign of being broken. Well, Doc, uh, if anybody were to send someone to advanced athletics or they were to go by their own consent, where could they find you or your company? Uh, so you can reach out to me about any of the things we discussed today <clears throat> or any other week. <clears throat> Advance, <clears throat> recover at advancingathletics.com. And then you can uh, find me on um, Twitter and Instagram at Michele Iono and Advancing Athletics on Facebook and Instagram um, just by searching for uh, us. All right. And that is Fuel Move Recover with Dr. Michaela Iono of Advanced Athletics. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mitch. Vive Auto Sales, located on West High Avenue in New Philadelphia and Cleveland Avenue in Canton, is a used car dealership committed to getting financing for everyone. We give every customer that walks in our showrooms a prime buying experience, no matter their credit score or financial situation. Current inventory can be viewed at www.wefinancenow.com. Check out our Facebook pages for the most up-to-date information about upcoming events and promotions happening at Vive Auto Sales. Are you trying to increase your speed, quickness, vertical leap, and agility? If so, NST Sports Performance is for you. NST trains athletes ages 5 through pro. NST designs each program specific to the athlete's needs, goals, and sports. For more, 
Visit nstsports.com. Locations in North Canton and New Philadelphia. It's nstsports.com. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world, get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. Have you checked in on someone yet today? This is your reminder, a simple text, call, or message. You don't have to be a professional to check in. You just have to ask and listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Dial 988, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a message from Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Uh, I want to. I, I need to talk about this World Series, man, because we didn't talk a lot of baseball last week, and, and I need to just talk about this game, this amazing game that we just saw that in between two teams that we did not expect to be in this World Series, the Texas Rangers coming off a 100-loss season two years ago in the World Series for the first time in a decade against a team that's in the World Series for the first time in over two decades, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who somehow, some way, stole games six and seven in Philadelphia to win their first pennant since 2001. So going into this matchup, I'm like, Yes, it's not the same matchup as last year. It doesn't include the Astros. I'm good. Whoever wins, whoever, this is the first time since like 2016 that I'm like, I'm good with whoever wins. We're good. Uh, and then, but I'd rather see Texas win, I guess, because Arizona's already won one. And Texas got off to an unbelievable start last night. Adelis Garcia, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's doing something. This man is on his, if this man can 
can, if they win this World Series, it's one of the great postseason runs we've ever seen. The man can't stop hitting home runs. He has teammates coming up in the clutch like Corey Seager. And it really is this unbelievable story right now that's getting me even more invested in this series than I already was because I think I was a little more invested than the average person was going into it because these, these teams are good. Don't get me wrong. But outside of Dallas and Phoenix, it wasn't the most engaging World Series for some people, I'm, I'm sure. It's it's not. I like it for the most part because of the parody. This is the first World Series since 2017 without the Houston Astros or the Los Angeles Dodgers in, right? So it's new to us, right? We, we were so used for the past six seasons of seeing one of those two teams, if not both of them in the World Series at the same time. It also goes to prove that the objective is to just get in the playoffs. That's that's what it is. The, the Arizona Diamondbacks get in, what, second to last day of the season? Yeah. And here they are. They're in the World Series. They have Texas on the ropes in game one with a 5-3 lead. And what's crazy is, I don't know if you saw this, but the last time the Arizona Diamondbacks were in the World Series was 2001 when they mm-hmm. beat the New York Yankees in seven, I believe. Yes. That year. Randy Johnson had his infamous killing a bird incident. Oh, that was the, that year. Okay. That year. This year, the ace of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Zach Gallen, hit a bird while warming up in a game. The crazier part is the dates of all the World Series games this season are on the same exact dates of the World Series in 2001. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And game one in 2001 was tied in the bottom of the ninth in the Yankee Stadium by a home run, I believe. I cannot remember who it was. And then a walk-off home run was hit in extra innings by Derek Jeter. Yeah, that was game three. Game one was in Arizona. Okay, game three. Sorry. That's okay. No, no, sorry. And, game. Excuse me. I'm wrong. Game four. Excuse me. And then last night, a two-run home run's hit in the ninth inning to tie it. And then a walk-off home run is hit to win it for Texas. So things are lining up here. Maybe look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Is history going to repeat itself? I don't know. Too many things are aligning here, but I I like it for the sense of you're getting to see some of these young baseball players. Corbin Carroll, who should, uh, they haven't named it yet, but I mean, he's going to win rookie of the year in the National League this year. Uh, Heim, Josh Jung. uh, I mean, we know the Rangers have Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and Adolis Garcia. You're starting to learn about some of these other players the Rangers have now too, Mitch. And this is a team that, I don't think is going to have any signs of slowing down in the near future because they have a lot of arms they've drafted in the farm system that they're hoping to get up here soon. This is a team I think that is going to be around for a while. And I don't want to say Houston's runs over, but it's the first time that they haven't been in the world series for quite a while and dusty Baker retiring. So you wonder if maybe the Houston Astros reign of dominance for the most part is maybe coming back down to an even playing field, but the Diamondbacks at the same time, they were not the best team all year. The Rangers, Mitch, were one of the best teams in baseball all year. They had the lead in the American League West until, what, the last week of the season? And yeah. they had never been more than two games behind the first-place team in the American League West all year until August. This is a team that was respectable all year. This is a team that was going to be a tough out. And then Arizona, on the flip side, performs as well. Here they are. There is another stat out there that a team that defeats the Milwaukee Brewers in the playoffs in the first round has never not gone on to get to the world series. And so yet again, here is that same trend. 
The Diamondbacks opened up on the road with Milwaukee, swept them in three, and yet here we are, the Arizona Diamondbacks are in the World Series. So I think this is going to be an entertaining series. I do not see this series going into sweep. I don't know who I like. I think I like Texas's pitching more, I think. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see. I, I think it's buckle up time. I think this is going six or seven for the World Series. I hope so, because that would be a really interesting matchup between uh, two teams that, again, haven't won in a while. It would be nice to see either team <clears throat> get a victory. I think they also said last night was the first was the, the 11, 12-year uh, anniversary of David Freese's, uh Game 6 heroics uh, for the Cardinals against Texas, which they were one pitch away from – one out away from getting that victory in the World Series. So now tonight's a little more – a little more of a better night for Texas fans. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they bring to the table and what Garcia continues to bring. By the way, as much as I really, really, really got excited when this happened, when you saw what happened in the ninth inning with a runner on second base, and you saw Austin Hedges come up to the plate, didn't you just kind of know? He kind of knew, and I and I love Hedgy. Don't get me wrong, man. That man is a is an is a personality. That man is a good defensive catcher, a very good defensive catcher. When I saw when I saw those first two swings, I was like, "Oh man, it's going to be a third one, isn't it?" Sure enough, so we didn't get to see because it was his first at bat in the, in the entire postseason. I was like, "Oh, I want to see Hedges do something," but I'm like, mm. "But Garcia did did it for me." And did you finally, also see his reaction uh, yeah, when, when he, he was on deck. Line? Like yeah. he was like, yes, I don't have to hit again. That's no, I mean, I don't know if he meant it. Like, I don't know if he was like that, but people meant it, took it as that joke. But yeah, it was cool. To, it was, that's the stuff I like from Hedges. I like to see him like get hyped up for that sort of stuff. And to see how he's bounced around the league this year, landing in Texas and getting the shot of a title is pretty cool. Um, so yeah. Have you checked in on someone yet today? This is your reminder, a simple text, call or message. You don't have to be a professional to check in. You just have to ask and listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Dial 988, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. A message from Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level up. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Think Ferris. Where you matter. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care, where you matter.
you invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young & Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Happy Sardiversary with Sarder Rider Anthony. We're celebrating 25 years with our valued riders. And I absolutely enjoy riding the buses. I get to know a few of the drivers, very respectful, very professional, just an all around about good experience. It helps people get to where they're going disabled, veterans, or people going to work. Thanks to all our riders as we celebrate Sarda 2-5 at Sarda. You need to remodel your bath? You need JR Bath Company. Trust in the quality of JR Bath. It's fast, it's safe, and it's affordable. Call today at 1-800-664-2284 or go to jrbath.com. Let's go over now to the last topic, which is, you know, Tomorrow's game in Seattle, Browns against the Seahawks. I'm not anticipating much of this game. We are, we know Watson's not going to play. Uh, the Browns defense coming off a great game. Fantastic game. Willed that team to victory. Seattle's not bad. They're not a bad team. I don't think they're like world beaters or anything like we thought San Francisco was. But even San Francisco's kind of falling off as of late. Seattle, though, I think they'll probably take this one. And I'm not I'm not going to be upset. It's 4-3 and three right now. The, the biggest focus right now has been more on Watson. Obviously, he's not recovered yet from that shoulder injury yet. And people continue to to harp on the team for for just for just trading for him in general, signing him to that contract, and then just seeing this whole thing play out. We talked about it before where Deshaun Watson is essentially calling the shots with the all the money he's guaranteed. But if this is the way we have to do it, then we have to do it. Although I did see reports that the Browns did did not, and these are reports they did they did not contact Washington for any inquiry on their current backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett. If that's the case, would you have made that call, Mitch? Would you have made the the decision to be like, hey, can we trade you a couple of late round picks for our guy back? Absolutely. We know one first off, and this is deeper than football in my opinion. We know how much these guys loved Jacoby Brissett last year. Right. We heard about how great of a teammate he is, how respected he was in there. We also know that he was fully capable of winning us football games. This is no shot at PJ Walker, right? He's no. played well. I mean, Mitch, I mean, what if, if they win tomorrow and PJ Walker plays well again, then okay, fine. We roll with PJ Walker. It's just how much is it just, I don't want to say luck, but more magic. And is it sustainable? I heard a pretty damning stat yesterday that the Browns offensively have the worst quarterback statistically in the NFL. I believe it. Both completion percentage between Watson, uh, turnovers, whatever it may be. That is, I can't believe I'm going to say this. That's a shot at Kevin Stefanski, but at the same time, Kevin Stefanski seems four and two. So that's also showing you that he, has he gotten it together? Possibly. Is the defense a huge part of that? And Jim Schwartz? Absolutely. Joe Woods was a reason that we didn't win. If we, if we had Joe Woods still, we don't beat the Colts on Sunday. Let's, let's be honest there. The way that that team was moving the football, the defense for us scoring against Indianapolis, the way it did. 
I would put in a call for Jacoby Brissett. There's a name out there, Mitch, that people keep bringing up, and it's just not realistic in my opinion. The Cleveland Browns are not going to trade for Kirk Cousins. They're not. No, no. Not going to. It's You would have to take on money that you can't really take on. Now, they did manipulate the cap before the season started, so there is money in there to be spent, but it just doesn't seem realistic. Jacoby Brissett, in my opinion, way more realistic. You think about other guys out there, people have floated around the name Colt McCoy. At that point, I'd rather stay with PJ Walker because I think he's a little more athletic. He's younger, obviously, but Dorian Thompson Robinson, I, I put a lot of the blame on Stefanski against the Ravens, but at the same time, he is a rookie and he impressed in the preseason, Mitch, but he was also going against second and third teamers and guys who ended up getting cut by their respective teams. Right. It was a lot to ask of him. I think he was put in a horrible spot against Baltimore because everybody expected Deshaun Watson to play. Um, and then I, like I said, I thought the coaching was horrendous in terms of being able to set him up to succeed in that game. And anybody that disagrees there, I would just ask you to go watch the game again. We'll see tomorrow. The defense for the most part is going to keep them in this game, I think. But at the same time, I will be livid if the Cleveland Browns do not do something, because if you let this defense this year go to waste, that is a fireable offense from everybody involved because this defense is legit. Miles Garrett is playing the best football of his career right now. He just had the best game of his career last week against Indianapolis. Yes, he did. He's one of the favorites to win defensive player of the year. Finally, right? We've talked about this all the time, but it's been Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt. It's been those three for the most part, Aaron Donald in there too. Those four guys have won the past how many Defensive player of the years where now Miles Garrett is playing to his strengths. It's not, hey, you're lining up against the left tackle and you're going to work. It's, hey, Miles, go wherever you want. Stand up. Act like a linebacker. Like, that's playing to your player's strengths because he's so athletic. I mean, my gosh, he just hurdled a defender last week to block a field goal without using anybody to prop him up, which is now a penalty. You can't let that go to waste. You can't because... Having a defense like this is one thing, but expecting it to be this great every single year is a whole other ballgame because not only do the players have to be bought in, you also have to have luck involved too, Mitch, because you have to have guys healthy. And what have we seen the past number of years across the NFL is big-time players and playmakers going down, and it hurts the team. So it's not a shot at P.J. Walker. Nobody expected P.J. Walker to be in this spot right now. Nobody. I just think they're going to have to make a move at quarterback or – Maybe Deshaun is not as hurt as we thought. Maybe it's a mental thing. Who knows? But if he I, is going to go on the IR for four weeks, which it's seems like there's a possibility they thought it is indeed a need. Look here. Here's what I'm going to say about Watson. Right now, he's dealing. He's dealing with a number of different things. Number one is a physical injury. And by the way, this is not like the Baker situation where you know obviously it was Baker was struggling with his non-throwing shoulder. This is a throwing shoulder. This is this is what he needs in order to be to be accurate to be able to get some power under his throws. Stuff that we didn't see against Indianapolis. It's it's also I I do think it's more so a mental issue as well than people are giving credit for. It's to me, it's one of two things. Number one, Watson is either facing the biggest case of guilt that we've ever seen from a professional football player that's still playing or, or you're seeing the effects of two years worth of public uh, pressure from a variety of different outlets. And and people are going to say what they, they say. If that's the case, then 
you know, the guy has to essentially live with the fact that no matter what evidence or lack of evidence there is, people are never going to believe he didn't do what they think he did. But that's that's a big if because of the the things that people always say. How how many accusations? How many accusations? I'm like, how many accusations? And you couldn't find one conviction. But that's not here nor there. Um, the other part to this too, Mitch, and I think it's a far lesser chance, but I, I do think that there's a chance. Every game Deshaun Watson's played for the Browns so far, he has been scrutinized afterwards by the media. And listen, most of it has been rightfully so. At the same time, this is somebody that didn't play for two years. So yes, there's going to be rust. And his best game he's played so far was against Tennessee, which I feel like nobody really talked about that outside of the Cleveland media. Right. Is this a mental thing for him, but also realizing like, if I go out there and don't perform, I'm going to get ripped apart again. And he might not be able to deal with that anymore. Mitch. I don't know. Athletes are people too. Okay. And people tend to forget that. And yes, I get it right. They live this luxurious lifestyle, especially Deshaun Watts now getting 230 million guaranteed. But at the same time, at some point you have a breaking point and is Deshaun Watson there? I don't know. It could be, I'm, I'm throwing out options here for what could actually be going on. He's been, he's hurt. Right. And it sure looked like he was hurt last week when they brought him out against Indy. I mean, yeah. my gosh, if, they, if, 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 if the Cleveland Browns don't take him out of that game, I don't think they win. No, I really, no, they don't. They don't. No, no. I think he, he throws three, four interceptions. He was yeah. awful. at the same time. Is there other reasoning? And we're not going to know because we're not in the head of Deshaun Watson. We're not with him every day. Nope. I just think there, there's definitely more than meets the eye, more than what we're being told and what we read about every day in terms of it's just his shoulder. But it was a great point by you. The difference between Baker and him when Baker had this injury was it was his non-throwing shoulder. This is your throwing shoulder. You don't have the velocity. You don't have the touch. This is If this is a baseball pitcher right now, Mitch, they're not pitching still. They're shut down. No, they, they are completely shut down right now. And you're also playing a violent sport where if he gets hit and lands in that shoulder wrong and aggravates it again, what are you going to do then? Cause it's only going to get worse. So we'll have to wait and see. I just, I don't know. I don't feel good about this tomorrow. Jerome Ford's been banged up. We're not sure if he's going to play or not. Yes. Kareem Hunt's going to be there. What can he do? Can PJ Walker be a game manager? This Seahawks team, Tyler Lockett didn't practice a lot this week. Kenneth Walker didn't practice a lot this week. That would be yeah. big for this team to really say, hey, pick your poison. Are we stopping DK Metcalf for Jackson Smith and Jigba this week and get after Geno? The defense will keep him in this game. I just don't know if I can see the Browns winning this game tomorrow. I just feel like traveling across the country, playing in Seattle with the 12th man against a pretty good quarterback in Geno Smith. I, I don't know. This will be interesting. Yeah, you're going to have this game and then you have what Arizona next week. So at least you can kind of maybe at home next week. So you feel a little more comfortable the following game. And then, of course, you have back to back uh, in division matchups that are going to be big coming up uh-huh. here. So we'll see uh, what comes with that. So that's all we have for this episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. We thank you so much for listening and or watching. Uh, go follow us on everything we mentioned at the top of the show. Mitch, what's the fact of the day? The fact of the day was actually what I told you earlier about Arizona and the World Series and the dates and everything. Just pretty crazy to really think about. Very fascinating. All right. Thank you so much for listening or watching to the Big Time Sports Podcast Show.